Hi, this is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. My guest today is Irene McKenna. She uses the pronouns she, her, hers. Irene is an empowerment coach for moms ready to experience motherhood differently, to feel confident and fulfilled, to fully embrace life and no longer lose themselves in the role of mom. Irene helps moms access their inner power to love and believe in themselves and thrive in motherhood. She's the owner and founder of Irene McKenna Coaching LLC and the Empowered Mom Project. She hosts a private Facebook community, Thrive in Motherhood, and she is raising two little men alongside her amazing husband in upstate New York. She loves dancing to her Mindset Reset playlist, walking in the beautiful outdoors and laughing with her family. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So when did you, uh, I just need to dive right into this. When did you first become called to empower moms? Like when did that first light bulb sort of start to crystallize? I'd, I'd have to say that it was, it wasn't so much a light bulb that crystallized. It was kind of like a light that started to like flicker. And that was in my own life. Like that was taking back my own life. And that started, my kids were little. So my my boys are 15 months apart. So life was chaotic and I just wasn't prepared um, in so many ways. You know, my, my parents love them dearly doing the best they can, but they did not navigate their feelings or stress or chaos very well. Um, so when it came time to it and, and neither did my husband learn to, so it was like, I didn't have support there and it just felt so messy. And I can remember so many days where I'm just in tears. I can't, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how other people do it, but I, I just can't do it. I, I mean, I remember locking my bedroom door with my kids crying on the other side of it. They're probably like one and two, just so I could like sit on my bed and sob. Like, I don't know what to do. So the journey really began nowhere near where I am today. It was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to start doing something. And it was like, start working out a little bit, start eating a little better. And then I noticed when I did these things, I'm like, oh, I actually have more patience when I do these. Um, I, I was a part of this group and they started talking about like, you know, personal development books. I'm like, what the heck are these? Like, I, I mean, I love to read. I have never read a personal development book in my life. And so I picked, picked up a couple. I think I started with some Joel Osteen and a couple other ones and I just started reading and I was just like mind blown in this whole way like there was this whole universe out there you know to explore so I just started doing that and it's like you know the universe answers right and I I don't remember what I was googling one day and health coaching came up and I was like what's this and I started looking because so I'm a physical therapist by trade for like 20 years and it's been an amazing career but that's what it's been i mean it really hasn't been something i'm passionate about it's it's been stable it's been great so what i would love to do is and i remember saying this to my mom i would love to like work with women and like just help them achieve their goals you know in this in this powerful way and i google and health coaching comes up and so i became a certified health coach and i go through it and i start experiencing coaching and then I went through another year-long program and I'm like, okay, things are things are good. Things are changing. I'm understanding things and I'm just like absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. And then one day I was in a conversation with another coach. He goes, oh, I'm a parenting coach. And I'm like, say what? And so, because that was one area of my life that like was still kind of messy, no matter how much I did. So I dove into learning all I could about, 
you know, parent coaching and child development and how I connect with my kids and I made big shifts there. And then it was, well, but there's still this stickiness with like my, me and my husband. So I dove into like reading relationship books and understanding it. And, and I work with moms through all of this and it just kind of, as I evolved, it evolved. Um, and finally, because it was like when I was health coaching, something was missing. When I was parenting coaching, something was missing. And one day, and I kept playing with it, like mom empowerment coach. And I'm like, that sounds really right. But is that too like out there to woo? Like, will people get, and then finally, as it just came all together, I'm like, well, that's really what it is. It's really what I do. It's what I'm about. It's how we show up in our lives. Like we get to have amazing lives, even in this often very overwhelming, challenging, messy job uh, responsibility of raising these tiny humans and being in relationship with others, it, it we still can have this amazing life. So coming full circle to helping moms kind of, whichever area that we dive into in our sessions is like what it's meant to be right then. We might, they might come to me because of parenting. And then, and I just, finished working with a client yesterday where she came because of parenting and the last few sessions were all about her relationship with her husband and really transforming that. So it's really empowering us to show up in our lives. I believe that like thriving in motherhood, it's a mindset. It's a mindset that, that we learn. It's not one that we necessarily bring with us or have available to us, but it's one that we can step into mm. And when I say motherhood, it's the who we are after becoming moms. Like when kids enter, however kid may enter our lives, it's it's us after that. And so often the us gets lost. It gets lost in the raising of kids. It gets lost in our relationship with our partners. It gets lost in our careers. Like who we are, we often are giving so much that it gets lost. Yes. Yes. I felt that and I've observed that with other women that I've talked to and other mothers that I've talked to. So I'm curious, could you describe with the, the moms that you work with, mm-hmm. when have they realized that that loss became apparent? So like, cause some, some people it could be two weeks after the child enters their life, right? Yeah. Some people it's years and it could sure. be in between. So like, what have you observed with the clients you've worked with? To be completely honest with you, I don't even know if there's a realization in there until we start opening up eyes to a different way of seeing life and seeing, and then it's like, oh, wait a minute. So it's almost as if something's cracked open because they've been shown another example. Yeah. So they might come because they don't know how to deal with their child's behavior. Mm -hmm. Or they can't communicate with their husband and they're, they're worried their marriage is, they're going to end up in divorce. So they come and in that, you know, as we start diving into it and, and really honing, honing in on their story and their beliefs, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like I've been living my whole life according to somebody else's story, usually their parents, yeah. you know, like they're like I, the, my one client where it came out, her story was like, life is hard. Like life is hard for me. And literally that's the story that her mom has been feeding her. Like, oh, you know, we need to take care of you because life is so hard. Like it's all outside of you. It's all out here, out of your control. Life is happening to you and and it's so hard. And, you know, and it's almost like her mom was 
blaming her husband and blaming this. And so of course she was, so it's creating this disconnect. And when we started doing it, she's like, oh my gosh, like I talked to my mom like three times a day about all this stuff. I'm not, I don't know what I believe. Like, I don't know what I actually see. Mm -hmm. So it's usually, I mean, sometimes there's that realization, but a lot of times it's, it's the feeling of overwhelm. It's the feeling of being out of control. It's the feeling of frustration or resentment that has them seek out support. Mm. And a lot of times that starts, you know, in my free, my free community, but they, they seek out support. And through that, it's starting to offer new perspectives and offer different ways of seeing things that has them realize that the part of them that's actually been lost they might not even have known was in there at all. Oh, fascinating. I know that was how it was for me. Uh-huh. Like, I couldn't tell you that I lost something as a mom. I just knew that I felt lost as a mom. Uh-huh. And so coming through all of that and really figuring out who I was and how I wanted to show up in my life opened up everything in my relationships. Oh, fascinating. Okay. I want to go back to one thing you said, and then share an example, because I, I experienced loss a little bit differently, but for your client whose mom was feeding her the story, and then she internalized that story. I think it's so important just to remember that these individuals who are in our lives are, are showing up in love. And oh, absolutely. yeah. And I, I just think it's so important to like highlight that, like they, they, have have lessons from their parents and their parents generations and generations. Yeah. Like I use the example, I have a, a friend that uses the example where she's like, you know, you know, 40 years ago, we carried um we carried babies in baskets in the car, like home from the hospital, right? right? And now we have these amazing <laughs> ginormous car seats. And it's not like they said, like, well, I know there's this better way, but I'm just gonna put them in this basket here. Right. No, that was the best thing available at the time. Exactly. And that's what they're operating from. And that's what we pass on. But the thing is, we can recognize that they came with love, best intentions. And they didn't have the the tools and the awareness to see those stories. Because in truth, what we know today about brain science, we've learned in the last 20 years. Exactly. 20 years. So- Everything we've been carrying on. I remember reading um, this history. It was so back in 1915, the head of the American Psychological Association, John Watson, he did behavioral psychology and, and he just took his information and one day decided and put out this propaganda that if you give a child too much attention, they will turn into like a whiny, spineless adult not based in anything, just came out with this propaganda. And then the government puts out propaganda that was like how to teach your six-month-old to sit in their crib and not complain because otherwise you're spending your whole day with them and who has time for that? He's the one that started coming up with like sleep training, all of this stuff not based in anything, but it just became a part of the conversation. And if we don't know to question things, it's just what we pass on. So in any, and he was operating with the best intentions. I can't say he was being, you know, manipulative or anything. He was operating the best intentions with the information that he had. Free parents available. Teach kids to be resilient adults. Exactly. And then that, so that's passed on. And then generationally it's passed on, it's passed on, it's passed on. And, you know, personal development is so new where we learn to actually question our thoughts and beliefs. Yes. Like that just wasn't something that was done. Yes. So there was always the best intention with 
anything I, I choose to believe, the best intention with, with anything, and yet we can still create these changes like the car seat. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that. Um, okay. I want to, so for my loss, it was a little different. I am a belief driven individual. And so, so like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? And, and discovering that. And I've been able to discover that I really want to help educate people very broadly on being better stewards of our planet. And for me, it's evolved in part, like this motherhood train has helped shaped it, shape it so much more as well. So that said, when I had my kiddo, it was still very much focused on the environmental aspect. And I wanted to go run a sustainability program at some big something or other and like have this huge impactful change. And then I had a kid and then, and, and I love my son so dearly. Absolutely. And we, as much as I like to plan other things out in life, his existence into our world was not planned. And so we had to pivot right? And then all of a sudden getting into the role of motherhood and what that means. And I've written about this. I'll link to things in my, uh, in the show notes, we'll have various things that I've written about this. But what happened was I got very much into the role of the, the caring of the child, right? So like everything that I dreamt about was put on a back burner so that this beautiful, lovely being can be fed and emotionally healthy and and have a chance at thriving in the world and and then I couldn't pursue this other dream that I had had and that's when I realized my loss and because it was very much a, a loss like something ripped out of me uh and so I love that your experience was different and I was wondering if there are any other stories of loss that are different maybe even from both of our experiences that you heard just so that people can relate yeah, I mean, every we all have our unique stories. Yes. We all have the the how we take in the experiences, the interpretations that we make, the perceptions that we hold in those experiences. And so we're absolutely all we're all going to have our unique perspective on what that that felt like us and what we, you know, had to either had to give up or chose to give up or gave up whatever whatever the scenario might be and in some cases it might have come from a very very empowered place like i'm choosing to give this up mm-hmm. where others it felt like well yes i am choosing to you know care for this child in this way and i'm not necessarily choosing that i gave this up it's just kind of how life is unfolding mm-hmm. you know where in my case it was I don't even know if I knew who I was before becoming a mom. So I don't know that I lost anything, which is probably why I felt so out of control and unable to, to figure it out. So I think, you know, and, and part of the, the pivot that happens as well, that may become from loss or for not, is that we start to learn something new. And we get this idea of how it's supposed to go based on the book or based on this idea. And then it's all effed up. Like it doesn't look anything like it's supposed to. And so I must be doing it all wrong or we interpret it a certain way. And like, I, sh- I love to share, you know, the stages of kind of personal development. Like I see them, like we have this desire, we want something different. And that may come from a feeling of loss. That may come from a feeling of something missing. It can come from a whole different, but we have this desire for something more. We might not even know what it is yet. Just something more. 
And so then we add knowledge. We read books, we listen to podcasts, we join a faith free Facebook group and we gain knowledge. And then we start the very messy arena of implementation <laughs> and we start to do. Mm-hmm. And it goes completely haywire and looks nothing like we think it's supposed to. So we must be getting it wrong. So we go back to knowledge and we add more knowledge. And then we go to implementation. It's like, whoa, this is not what the book said. It should happen. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm doing all the right things. Why, why is my child still doing this? Or why is this still happening? I must need more knowledge. I need a different program. I need to know something different. Where truthfully, the way we get to something different, competently, confidently, and trusting ourselves is this long drawn out process of implementation. And this is, I think, where we find ourselves. And it's where we can choose how we want to see this loss moving forward. It's how we want to see our experience moving forward. It happens in this implementation phase, but we often, as humans, we want to be safe and comfortable. Mm -hmm. And this is anything but... So we always are going back. So we're never moving forward. So then we think there's there's something wrong or, or it feels like an even bigger loss because now I know there's something different and I can't quite get there. So I hope that makes that makes sense. It does. And I want to get into that a little bit more in a different way. But first, let's take a break. I love aligning my days with nature's rhythms. And I made a tool to make it easier. I would like to introduce you to my moon deck. My moon deck is a perpetual calendar, a calendar that never expires. This 86 card deck with booklet will allow you to lay out your day, week, or month and overlay the sun and the moon with the elements and with the celebrations from the wheel of the year. This tool drawn and created by me, Michelle Lassley, will be your fun, whimsical, and practical tool to see how nature and its rhythms can support you. If you want to learn more and get your own deck today, visit www.michellelassley.com slash moondeck. I can't wait to help you align your time with nature and my perpetual calendar, the moon deck. Welcome back. So I love that explanation of one way that loss can look when we're kind of spiraling uh, or spinning our wheels maybe would be a better better example I mean or maybe it's like a spiral with wheels I don't know whatever because you're gaining something new and it's a different but you're still not getting the results that you want right it's like maybe your your velocity changes in your wheel but you're not actually moving forward because you're moving forward but you're moving backward and yeah you're just kind of in it right you're just in it right right and you're trying to survive and you're trying to do the right things so but you have this burning somewhere in your being maybe it's in your heart maybe it's a knowing that things should be different or maybe you like feel it in your gut and regardless of where it lives, you know that something can be different. So you join the free Facebook group or whatever. And so, so you're in, in something. So I highlight that piece because I want, I feel like you need to be open to the change before the change can happen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So when somebody is open to the change and they've started to take those action steps to stop spinning their wheels, what are some things that you have found that can help people to get unstuck? The biggest thing is, and and 
you know, I wouldn't have said this a few years ago because I didn't even know they existed, which is coaching because it's that accountability and that support. It could be a friend, but we need to have friends that don't just support us and love us, but stretch us because here's the difference. I want to lose weight. So I have, I want somebody to hold me accountable to working out five days a week. And then they text me, hey, did you work out today? Oh, I got really busy. The kids, blah, 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 I didn't sleep. Oh yeah, I hear you. You know, it's really hard with kids to figure this out. You'll get to it tomorrow. Versus, you know, that stretch like, hey, I hear you. You have this vision of what you want it to be. What are you going to put in place if it didn't happen today? Mm. So it's a different conversation. And most of us as, as friends or as partners just aren't trained in that nuance to really hold our vision before before we're able to hold it for ourselves and keep holding us. So it's like there are our cheerleader and tough love and everything else. So that could be different for different people. Like some of us will show up that way with with a friend or maybe we pay a trainer or so it's something where you have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So again, it might be you're paying a trainer or I have a I know a coach where she wanted to add a morning run and she just wasn't getting up. So she pays her mom to call her every morning and keep her on the phone till she's dressed and heading out the door. Oh my gosh, that's so great. So mom has skin in the game, right? Because daughter's paying her some money. She's got to earn exactly. her money. Exactly. <laughs> and daughter has skin in the game because she's got mom checking in with her and she who won't let her get off the hook. Because she's mom. And mom doesn't get mom doesn't get paid unless she makes her, you know, get out and do this. So it's like a way that we have skin in the game and to hold us. And whether that's a, a friend or, or accountability partner that is stretching us and continually pulling us in that direction, but that that can feel hard when there's that skin in the game mm-hmm. to just be that person for somebody. But there can be very creative ways. So it could be you have a walking buddy that you meet every day to go for a walk. So you both kind of have skin in the game because you're showing up because often we will show up for money. We will show up for somebody else before we show up for ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Um, So creating that can be what kind of helps us moving forward. But the reason that that can also be sticky is it will always operate from our deeper belief system. And so if, if I have this desire to lose weight, then and my but my belief is oh well this walk really isn't going to make much of a difference like i'm going to come up with excuses i'm going to step away from it so this is where having somebody who's more knowledgeable to guide you through that stuff can really create the change because we don't rewire the brain we don't learn that there's other choices available to us without somebody calling us to that we can read a book and everything sounds great. And I want to implement everything. And then I finish the book and I put it on my shelf and I look at it. I'm like, oh yeah, I really wanted to do that stuff when I read that six months ago. I really wanted to, I need to pick that book up again and read it again. And still nothing changes. Mm-hmm. It's just not how the mind works. Like we're not wired to just make these changes. So creating circumstances for success in, can include having some type of skin in the game, whether that's time mm-hmm whether that's money, whether it's a barter or exchange, because it doesn't have to be an actual monetary exchange. It could be an exchange of energy in the form of, again, time or bartering or things like that, but it holds us to it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So 
one step to change is is having skin in the game. So acknowledging that you want some change, making yeah. some sort of plan to mm-hmm. achieve that change, and then getting some skin in the game. And the, the other thing I would add to that is it's also stop focusing on the problems and what we don't have. Ooh. So we need to shift our mindset and our outlook to what we desire in a way that we accept, expect that it's inevitable if we do the work uh-huh. versus continuing to stand in the want, 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 but seeing all the problems of why we don't get to have it. Oh, interesting. That is a shift. So you're almost taking the barriers and shifting them to lessons you could overcome than this big wall that's always going to be in your way. Right. Okay. So what are some other things you do to help moms get found? Hmm, That's an interesting question to get found. I think the biggest thing I, I try to do is just mainly through social media and my free Facebook community is just to offer different perspectives. Mm. And a lot of those perspective shifts come from my own experiences because my life gives me a whole lot of uh, stuff to pull from for sure. But it might be just either pulling a book or pulling a quote or pulling a personal experience and being like, this is what happened. This is how I would have reacted in the past. This is how I reacted now. And this is the change that happened. And it's, it's, it allows people to look at their own lives and say, oh yeah, I, I see that too. Like I see how that, how that could be a change because we don't, unless we see possibility, like change happens when we have choice. And if we don't have, if we don't see choice, we don't see the possibility for change. So I think helping moms get found begins with just seeing like, oh, I actually have a choice to do something different. I actually have a choice in how I show up. I can actually choose to step off of this negative wheel that I'm on, even if my partner's not stepping off or my kids are still what they are. Like I can still, you know, step off. I use the example a lot that um, my husband, he used to come home angry a lot. He was just angry a lot. And I was always like, you need to fix this. You need to figure this out. Maybe you need to go to therapy. I don't know what's going on. And it would just be this negative space, right? And nothing changed. I mean, he didn't, he, he, he's like absorbed work off of me, but he hasn't done his own work, but I just do the work. I do the work. I do the work. And now I, he comes home and it's, it's not like a fact that he's angry in my head, right? Like, it's like, oh, he comes home. That's the fact. If my thought isn't immediately like, oh, he's angry again. It's just like, huh. I wonder what's going on in his world today. It changes the cascade of how I show up. So then, so just last week he was in the space and I said to him, I was like, you know, it seems like you're kind of holding on to something today. Like you're kind of, you're kind of holding on to something. Do you want to stay in it or do you want help to shift out of it? And he was like, oh, I want to shift out. I'm like, all right, awesome. So let's go downstairs. Let's like, you know, sit down and just, ha- you know, sit outside and, and, and he gets to, to shift. So this is where creating that idea that this doesn't have to feel like a burden or a weight that I carry, that it has to be me. I have to fix the relationship. I don't have to fix anything. I can change how I show up and the ripple effect is happens in everything else. So how do I help moms quote unquote find themselves? 
my biggest way is I have a six month transformational program where I take moms through all of it. Um, and we dive into the beliefs and your trigger pathway and your stuff from your childhood. And we create a new story and we talk about boundaries and conflict. Like we do it all um, in that. And I do it either in one-on-one coaching sessions, which are obviously the most powerful way to do it. But I've also created um, a way to do it just via like email coaching. So you listen to the audios, you do the work, you upload them to the drive. I review your work and then I ask you the coaching questions via email, which makes it much more economical for people to be able to create the change that they want um, in, in a powerful way. So that's, I mean, that's the biggest way I think I help take moms through the process of rediscovering themselves. And I think it's possible that we do that just by seeing a different perspective, which can start in the Facebook community and can start by seeing a different perspective. And then when and if you're ready for more support to make it happen faster and easier, here's this other option. We're on our own journey and it's going to look totally different. And I trust that if, if working together is not what the universe has in mind for us, like then it's not in our best interest to do so. And you will find your, your pathway to what you want if you choose to do the work. I'm not tied to that being with me. I just believe moms deserve and get to be supported. I believe that we get to have that person in our corner who can hold our story and listen to our mess and, and not judge and not have anything, have and not have any skin in the game except love for you. Like, I don't have anything, like when you invest, you're, you're, the investment isn't paying me. I'm, I'm a, I'm a vessel through which you create the change. The investment is in yourself. I'm the vehicle that is helping you get there. But when we believe and trust in ourselves, we find the best way to get there for us. And if that's me, I'm honored for the moms that I get to walk alongside of. It's an unbelievable joy and honor to witness the transformation that they create in their families and in their lives. And simply showing up and sharing my story and giving that and just giving as much as I can in the free community means that I get to open up perspective for moms to find the journey that is meant for them. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. So you shared something before we chatted that happiness matters. Why does our happiness matter? Happiness matters. It's not, so let me clarify. It's not that we will always be happy. Like it's not (laughs) a normal human experience that we will always be happy, but happiness matters and even contentment matters because that is the energy that we bring to our lives, to all of our relationships. You know, Communication is a neutral vessel through which our emotions and energy flows. Mm. So if I am in a frustrated, resentful, angry place, that is what I'm carrying to all of my relationships. And that is what I will have reflected back to me. So my happiness matters because I get to, I get to feel amazing. Like I get to have an amazing life. And that matters because my kids get to see a mom who is happy. It's not that I'm always happy. They see me sad. They see me disappointed. They sure see me frustrated. Um, but they also get to see me happy. And 
the interactions with them. So when I can, when I'm in a space of contentment or happiness, they can have their meltdown and it doesn't mean anything about me. When I'm in a space of frustration or anger, their meltdown is one more thing I have to deal with Mm. today. So it matters because it's what we show up in our relationships to ourselves. If I'm happy, I'm getting up at five in the morning and working out and listening to my meditation. If I'm grumpy (laughs) and frustrated, I'm pulling the covers over my head. Mm-hmm. If I am if I am in a state of happiness and joy, I am putting that into the meals that I prepare. I'm putting it into the energy that I bring so that we're going out for a bike ride and getting out into fresh air. I'm, you know, bringing that to my relationship with my husband. So when I ask him for support, it's not like, oh, you're finally home today. Do you think you could take the kids? I've had them all day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. hey, you're home. You know, and we talk for a few minutes. I get to tell him how much I appreciate how, you know, how hard he works. And I said, hey, I'd, I'd like an hour to get some work done. You know, can, can you take the kids? So it's a totally different exchange when I manage myself first. Mm. You shared another thought. You said the way in which you react to stress and overwhelm now isn't your fault. However, it is your responsibility to heal the unhealthy. Sure. How we deal with stress and overwhelm is a learned habit. It's a learned Mm -hmm. behavior that we learn from witnessing our parents or caregivers doing the very best that they could and likely not given the tools to navigate it any differently. Mm-hmm. So when we fall into that stress pattern and that overwhelm, we are reacting to the stories that were written and handed to us. We, it's like we have a backpack that we don't know we put on. We don't know we're uh-huh. carrying it. And yet it's dictating, it's dictating our entire experience, right? So when we can heal that and become aware of it, then we can choose to respond differently. We can choose to engage with stress and overwhelm differently because overwhelm and stress, well, I'll start with overwhelm. Overwhelm is the belief that we are not in control of our life. So it is, it is a mindset that I'm not in control. Now, the mind is always searching for control. And everything outside of what I'm doing directly is actually out of my control. And when we're trying to control the uncontrollable all the time, we will often go into overwhelm. Stress is a normal biologic response. Like it is a program primal response. We're in the woods. We hear a stick break. I'm not standing there like, huh, I wonder if that's a bear behind that tree over there. No, I am turning and running my butt out of that forest as fast as I can to hopefully stay alive. So we need that stress response. What the stress response was not designed for is today's daily hassles, schedules, uh, busy lives, jobs, careers, dealing with everything, the traffic, the noise, the social media, the constant barrage of news. It wasn't designed for this. So what it does is it keeps us at a heightened level of stress. So stress response was designed. We have a big stressor. We go up. Then our hormones go down. We sit in our cave with our clans people and all is calm and good. 
That's not what happens here. We stay up. So there, if we're up here all the time, it doesn't take a lot for us to jump to the other side. It doesn't take a lot to us to get to overwhelm. It doesn't take a lot for us to lash out at our kids. It doesn't take a lot for us to numb out with social media because it all feels like too much. So healing us, so healing overwhelm and healing how we see stress is our responsibility because we can desensitize that stress response. We can shift our mindset to how we see overwhelm. And the thing is, when we drop into that stress and overwhelm, our brain is incapable of seeing solutions that don't just create an immediate fix. Because in our stress response, we want an immediate fix to this problem. We want to feel better now. We don't like this feeling. We want to feel better now. So I need my child to stop screaming so I can feel calm. That's the only solution my brain sees when I'm feeling that stress and overwhelm. When I can respond to that differently, when I can restore that inner calm so I don't fall into overwhelm, I don't just try to control my child, I can calmly say to him, hey, that's really loud right now. It's kind of giving me a headache. Would you like to go scream outside or would you like to stay quiet in here? And I have influence. When I'm trying to control and I'm like, would you stop screaming? His defenses go up and he's like, oh yeah, you think you're going to try to get me? I'm just going to scream louder. And then we start this battle that we go back and forth. So when we heal those things in ourselves, our approach changes and we can respond differently because we create this space. So we, we have our, we have the action and then there's this pause before we respond. And in that pause, our thinking brain comes back online and we have access to compassion, empathy, our wise thoughts, solutions that work, creativity. So healing those things are our responsibility so that we're not passing on. As I say to my clients, like your kids are going to have their own junk that they're going to have to like go to therapy for. Like we can't take all that away. We don't need them to also carry our junk. Like Absolutely. We, can, we don't need to take our backpack off and just place it on them as they become an adult. And that's our responsibility to heal. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, there's so much there. Okay. So I want to highlight one tiny thing and then um, we've pretty much run out of time. So we'll just have to like tell people where they can find you, but you um, action response, mm-hmm. stimulus response. Yeah. There is an average uh, time amount and I've read um, two, a couple different numbers. My favorite number is 1.7 seconds. Stimulus response. We have 1.7 seconds to go into that brain and, and change you know, the way that it's working so it can be calm and make whatever mm-hmm. choice that we a- actually want versus the yeah. screaming and the yelling and the whatever, yeah. which happens. Yeah. So going back to what you said, right? Mm-hmm. And you didn't say build habits, but it is kind of about that, right? It's like building habits, building mechanisms, building patterns, and and taking a really great mindset approach to how you actually want to show up in the world so that you can raise the little people around you the the way that you really, really want. Yeah. Without awareness, we are going into that stress response. And I'd be surprised if we even have 1.7 seconds. And our stress response is is like a switch, it's on or off. So we are reacting before our brain even knows what we're reacting to. It's just yes. like, there's this there's this belief in our subconscious that's like, oh wait, this is not okay. Kids are supposed to respect you at all times. And I'm like reacting. So what I teach my clients is what I call our PR plan, which is our proactive responsiveness. 
when we can be proactive in creating that increased space, 1.7 seconds or longer, we can create that pause. So I can witness what's happening and I don't go into that stress response because Mm -hmm. my I've trained my mind that we're actually not threatened right here. Because the thing is with our stress response, it's actual and perceived threats of imminent danger and perceived threats come from anxious thoughts and waves of emotion. Mm. Can we say parenting? (laughs) Right? Can, Can we say that for a moment here? So of course I'm going to, and when I'm in that space of perceived threat, my child's the enemy. Like to my brain, right. like my child is the enemy. So when I'm proactive and it's a three, like it's kind of a three-pronged thing, it's our well-being practice, which is self-care is the things that we do with intention that allow us to access our contentment and well-being. It's a mindfulness practice, which is, yes, meditation, but not always. It could be just mindful pauses and it's quieting that inner critic. So we hit mm. those three things, which I call your PR, your PR plan for proactive responsiveness to create that space that allows your brain to come online, that allows you to choose your response, that allows you to quiet those voices from your parents who tell you that kids don't behave this way. This is not okay. <laughs> um, and, and react. And when we do that, we have these tools to take into these moments so that we can create that pause to respond in a powerful, loving, connected way. Oh my gosh. Where can people get connected with your Facebook group? Absolutely. So it's on Facebook. Thrive in Motherhood is the name of the group. Um, And yeah, we just pop in there and, you know, give a ton of support. That's the best place. You can also go to irenemckennacoaching.com. That's my uh, personal website. So all about me. So you get to know about me, you know, grab, grab a free gift, um, check, check out uh, what's around there. And those are probably the two, the two best places to connect. And we'll have links to those in the show notes. I have so enjoyed our chat. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Balance Shared is curated by me, Michelle Lassley, and produced by Matt Hunter. The instrumental music Grass by Silent Partner is from the YouTube Audio Library. If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you've loved the messages of co-creating a better future and digging into ourselves, maybe you'd like to become a sponsor. Email hello at michellelastly.com to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Michelle Lastly with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together.